0: Song of the Month sort of leads us right toward our scripture for today. If you would, grab your Bible and turn to Exodus chapter 13. Exodus chapter 13. You can find that on your uh, pew Bible if you want to use that on page 75. Uh, A little over two years ago, we walked through the book of Exodus. We're just going to take a one-week revisit back to um, this portion of scripture for today. Exodus chapter 13, verses 3 through 10, and I will stand and read that for us in uh, just a minute. You know, I've had some pretty uh, important days in my life. I took time to list a few. Uh, May 13th, 1965, the Lord gave me life. September 12th, 1976, the Lord gave me eternal life. In May 30th, 1983, yeah, you can do the math, that's 40 years ago, graduates, soon to be. I graduated high school. Uh, 19, May 6, 1987, I graduated from college 36 years ago. That was the first time I graduated from college. April the 3rd, 1988, Angela and I had our first date. On December 17th, 1988, we got married. April 24th, 1992, Caleb was born. March the 15th, 1995, Micah was born. August the 5th, 2007, that's the day that I was struck by lightning. Some of you remember that. Some of you are going, you got struck by lightning? There's a testimony online on our website. You can go and listen to that. October 17th, 2010, that's the day the Lord called me into full-time ministry. October the 18th, I quit my job forever. Started being here. May 18, 2013, I graduated from college again. In April 14, 2014, I alluded to this within the last couple of weeks. That's the day I became senior pastor at First Baptist Church. And so we're in our 10th year together. I counted it a joy every single day. August 19, 2019, Caleb and Laura got married. September 28, 2020, I became Pops. March the 10th, 2022, I rang the bell with my last cancer treatment. January 10th, 2023, I fell and created a pothole on Coney Island Road and broke a bunch of bones. Oh, and one final day I want to add today. I've already alluded to this, but God says in His Word in Psalm 118, 24, This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Today, every time you wake up, It's a new today. And in that new today, you are to recognize God, look to God, rejoice in Him, and trust Him every single day. Now, I know that you have also experienced many important days. And the Lord desires to make each day important as we seek Him. I encourage you, take time to think about those days, those milestone days. It wasn't that many years ago. I sat here with graduate one And graduate too. I know it's an important day. Students, you've done well. Parents, you're about to make it. All right, you're getting them there. But maybe we need to make a list of those milestone days in our life. It was really cool me writing down all of these days. Just to see what God had done. I encourage you, do the same thing. Maybe you'll make a similar list this week ask you to stand with me now. We're going to read from the book of Exodus chapter 13. We're going to read verses 3 through 10. Exodus chapter 13 verses 3 through 10. It said, And Moses said to the people, Remember this day in which you went out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. For by strength of hand the Lord brought you out of this place. No leavened bread shall be eaten. On this day you are going out in the month of Abib. And this shall be, when the Lord brings you into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, which he swore to your fathers to give you, a land flowing with milk and honey, that you shall keep this service in this month. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh days there shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and no leavened bread shall be seen among you, nor shall leaven be seen among you in all your quarters." And you shall tell your son in that day, saying, This is done because of what the Lord did for me when I came up out of Egypt. It shall be as a sign to you on your hand and as a memorial between your eyes that the Lord's law may be in your mouth. For with a strong hand the Lord has brought you out of Egypt. You shall therefore keep this ordinance in its season from year to year. Thank you. You may be seated. Keep your scripture open. If you're a note taker, get ready to take some notes down as the Lord makes a point that you want to capture. Verse 3 starts with, remember this day. Now, it wasn't that long. I see our newest, our newest of newlyweds sitting right here. And Kobe and Caroline, good to see you here. But we just did their wedding on the 29th of April. And as part of that wedding ceremony, we talked and talked and talked. And we talked about a lot of good things that Lord had done in their lives. But then we, we, we changed gears when I said, and this day... The Lord has set for you to become husband and wife. Do You know, we have lots of important days in our lives. And so in Exodus chapter 13, verse 3, we see, remember this day. You see, this must be an important day for Moses to call it out, for the Lord to share this with his people. This must be an important day. You see, Israel had been in bondage for over 400 years. God had sent a deliverer by the name of Moses. The ten plagues, by the time you get to Exodus 13, the ten plagues have happened already. Pharaoh and the Egyptian people have begged the children of Israel to leave. The Egyptians had given great goods or spoils to Israel for them to leave. You find that in chapter 12, verse 36 of Exodus. Israel is now free and they begin their journey. Now, I'm not talking just to our graduates to be today, but can I tell you, you're getting ready to be free, right? And at what high school sometimes feels like right before you get there. Listen, it's been 40 years ago, but I remember what being a senior felt like. I was ready to graduate many days before they let me, right? You guys know you're, a, you're about to be free, in one manner of speaking, Right? Verse 3 says, for by the strength of hand, the Lord has brought you out of this place. I was having a conversation earlier this week. Actually, I've had it in two different weeks. Do you see that it says, for by strength of hand, the Lord has brought you out of this place. Do you know that God has saved Israel from slavery? From Egypt? From bondage? The Lord, by strength of hand, has brought them out of this, from slavery. Church, can I just ask you one question? Have you been set free from your bondage? And over here, our high school seniors are going, No, but man, next weekend I'm going to be. Right? But let me ask you a deeper question Are you in bondage to anything? To sin? To self? To fear? trouble, to plague, whatever it is, are you in bondage to something? You see, God said by the strength of his hand, he wants to deliver you from that. Amen? And he will. But we have to recognize that we're in bondage to see what the Lord is going to do. Romans chapter 6 verse 6 says that When we come to know Jesus as our Savior, and I pray today that you do know Jesus as your Savior, and I pray that if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, that the Lord works through His Word and through the Holy Spirit to draw you to Him, and that perhaps you don't leave today without knowing Jesus as your Savior. But Romans chapter 6, verse 6 says that when you come to know Jesus as Savior, quote, we should no longer be slaves of sin. Can I just let you know that Jesus came to set you free from the penalties of sin. Now verse 4 goes on to say, and on this day you are going out. And look what it says in verse 5. When the Lord brings you into the land, the land that He promised. Let me make this statement. If you're going to make a note, if this is noteworthy, I think this one might be. The Lord never saves us from something without Delivering us to something. God hasn't sent Jesus just to bring you from sin. He's brought you to eternal life. There's always a two or a four that God has when He delivers you from. You see, the land, this land is called Canaan, also the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. It's called the promised land. God desires to lead them from bondage, from Egypt to the promised land. The promised land that He planned for them. God is leading them this way. And do you know God always keeps His promises? If if we were to have read on in Exodus chapter 13, verse 11, it says, when the Lord brings you into the land. He's bringing you from Egypt, but His plan is for you to go to the promised land. little graduate moment for just a second. You're getting ready to graduate from high school. But the Lord is not yet even close to being done in your life. And He is bringing you to the promised land. But church, we all get that. Not that we go, yeah, what he said to you high school seniors. No, we need to understand the Lord has saved you from bondage for a purpose to something else. And church, I pray that you are grasping and getting a hold of that. Joshua chapter 21 verse 45 says, Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord had spoken of the house of Israel. All came to pass. We just moved forward a number of years and we saw that God had done everything that He told the children of Israel He was going to do. Ezekiel chapter 12 verse 28 says, The word which I speak will be done, says the Lord God. So we've got this point that God delivered them from intentionally with a four or a two in mind. He had a land them, to lead them to. Church, what's your land? Now, I could tell you if I were a high school senior right now, about to graduate, I pretty much had my land. You know what your next steps are going to be, what you're going to do, how you're going to go about and do it, and I can just tell you, don't write that in ink, because the Lord will reveal the land to you more and more as you go. Just keep him in your focus but what's your land where is God desiring to lead you where is God desiring to lead you there's not a person in this room nor on the phone nor online that God does not want to save from bondage and for a specific purpose that he has for them where's God leading you Maybe He's leading you to your own salvation, to your family, to your marriage, to your career, to ministry, to friends, to the lost. You see, 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. God desires to change your land. Amen, church? Whatever you want to define as your land, your marriage... Your family, your career, whatever it is, God desires to change your land. So He can use you to impact surrounding land. Verse five, this land, it talks about, this place the Lord is leading you to. Look what Scripture defines it as, is a land flowing with milk and honey? Church, can I tell you, this is a good place. The land God wants to take you to is a place that you will be glad you are there. It is a good place. God always leads to good places. Jeremiah 29, verses 11 to 13 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. But keep on. Then... You will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. God knows the thoughts or the plans that he has for you. Plans for peace and future and a hope, it says. Since God knows the plans he has for you, this scripture that I just read to you in Jeremiah says that we should call upon him, seek him, and search for him with all your heart. Senior moment for just a second. You guys got big plans and you're going to go after them. But let me encourage you as the old guy of graduating 40 years ago. If you keep him your focus, him your number one priority, everything else will line up well. He has plans for you. Let me say this Couple of different ways. Living in the will or the plans of God for your life is called the promised land. I believe every day I wake up in the promised land. I'm a child of God who knows what He's supposed to be doing, and I get the joy of seeking to walk with you every single day. To me, I can't think of a land better. He desires to lead you to the promised land. Let me say it a different way. The safest place to be in all the world is right in the middle of God's will for you. That is the safest place. Wherever it takes you, whatever it calls you to do, that is the safest place to be. Another way, let me say it another way. You do not want to be where God does not want you to be you should instead desire to be exactly and only where God wants you to be. Can I remind you again? God never saves you from something without also saving you for something. Now look at Exodus chapter 13 verse 2. It uses a very important word. It says, consecrate. See, I didn't bring this up. We started at verse 3, but it says, consecrate to me. Consecrate means to devote to a purpose or with deep dedication. You shall keep this service as an act of consecration, verse 5 talks about. When you talk about consecration, keeping, remembering, which is what our small group talked about today. Staying faithful to, choosing to abide, being committed to. And you're going, Jeff, how are we to be devoted? How are we to stay devoted? What are we to do? And I think God's scripture right here gives us four things that we can do to stay faithful to what God's called us to do, to be consecrated. Look at verse 7. It says, no leavened bread. Leaven in the Bible symbolizes sin. One of the ways to stay consecrated as a child of God is to refrain from sin. Just out of clarity's sake, sin is anything that you think, say, or do that is different from what God would have had you do. Sin is missing the mark the expectation of God in a particular situation. Sin is missing God's standard, not our standard. Consecrated people run to God and from sin. It is an active choice that you must make. First Corinthians 10, 13, we were just quoting it as a... You know, we had church right back here. I already told you we were praying and we were worshiping God and we were crying. We were quoting scripture together back there. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 tells us that when temptation will always come a way of escape, every single time, consecrated people ask God, like David did in Psalm 139, search my heart and show me any wicked way in my life. So we need to refrain from sin. A second thing, look at verse 8. It says, and you shall tell your son that God did all of this. You know what this is? It's your testimony. If you know Jesus, you have been saved from slavery to sin. You have been saved to the promised land, the plans of God for your life. You must be an effective witness for God. It is God that has brought you this far, and it is God that will see you through to the end. Consecrated people know that it is God, and not themselves who has delivered them, and they are all excited to tell others God did this. I was driving in recently, and God reminded me, I think I even, I may have said this, I didn't say it last Sunday, because I didn't get to preach last Sunday, so if you've heard this before, but God was reminding me of two things a few days ago. He said, Jeff, let me remind you of who's not causing all of this good that's going on at First Baptist. You know, church, we're seeing God move, lives changed, people come baptisms, salvations, we're seeing it. God is good. But God said, Jeff, don't you think for a moment that it's you or anybody at First Baptist. It's a good reminder. But God then went on to say, let me remind you who it is. And God said, it's me. It's always me that brings the good. Consecrated people know that it's not them, that it's God. And they run to Him And tell people that testimony that they have. Verse 9 brings up third point. The Lord's law, it says, shall be a sign on your hands and as a memorial between your eyes. Over four years ago, Angela and I were in Israel. We saw many men literally walking around with it tied on their hands and these little boxes and trinkets on their heads as a reminder. They were taking the law of God very seriously. Our reminder is that consecrated people know and value the Word of God. Now, I don't know how many of you opened up those bags. Has anybody opened up their bag already? You looked in there? What was in there? A Bible and a book. The Bible. If you're only going to read one of them, Jackson, read the Bible. But a Bible... You see, a consecrated people know and trust the Word of God, and so they're all getting one so that they can at least be in it. Consecrated people, whether they're seniors about to embark on the rest of their life or whether they're senior adults that have been living that life for a while and everybody in between, must rely on the Word of God. Amen. Must spend time in the Word of God daily. You must give the Word of God authority in your life. Psalm 37, verses 3 and 5, 3 through 5 says this Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him, and He shall bring it to pass. Now, I know I've spoken about this before, but just a reminder here, when we read this, sometimes we misquote the Scripture. It says that we are to trust the Lord and He'll give us the desires of our heart, which means if we trust the Lord, we'll get all that we want. Can I tell you, that's not what that says. It says that when you trust in the Lord, when you make His Word important in your life, that Word will reconfigure the desires in your life to be what God desires for you. And so what I pray for our seniors today, what I pray for each one of us today is that we will allow God's word to redefine us so completely that what we want, what we do, what we desire is God's will, God's purpose, and God's plan for us. Consecrated people stay away from sin. Consecrated people leverage their testimony. Consecrated people spend time daily in God's word. And then finally, look at verse 10. You shall keep this from year to year. You know, consecrated people are consistent people. Consecrated people are constant people. And consecrated people are committed people. You see, seeking the Lord begins with a daily walk and dependence, but it also never ends. It never ends. You will walk consecrated before the Lord, I pray, every single day. I find that I am more dependent upon God today than I was when I graduated high school 40 years ago or at any of those other important days in my life. You see, this consecrated, keep it year to year is an ongoing relationship. It doesn't end. You'll be tempted. You being the church, you being an individual, you being a soon-to-be graduate from high school, you'll be tempted to fall away, to stop, to follow God, to, be a, to allow God to be a lower priority in your life. But if you want God's plans to come to pass in your life, if you want to see the promised land that God has promised, you will need to stay intentional about God being your number one priority every single day the rest of your life. Run from sin. Share God's goodness with your testimony. Give the Word of God authority in your life. Stay focused on God being your number one priority every single day. Philippians 1.6 says this, being confident of this very thing. This is, a parent, this is a parent verse, this is a graduate verse, and this is a church verse. Being confident of this very thing, that He who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Amen. God never saves you from something without also saving you for something. God has many new days, many new plans for you. Church, do you desire what God desires for you? Amen. Amen.